Hey, Maria. Um, how are you doing today? Hello. Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, things here are different. It's changing. Um, sometimes it's uh, more calm. Sometimes it's not. This time, um, today and yesterday, it was not really calm and we had a lot of sirens but uh, I hope this will stabilize soon but uh, generally speaking everything is fine today and I'm fine too all right I, I hope we have a calm day today um, but uh, where were you uh, when was it when you first learned about the invasion starting we were at home in Kiev uh, we were sleeping it was um, night of 24th of February, like morning, let's say morning of 24th. Um, like the evening before uh, I was watching news. I was watching news every day, like during two weeks before it started. Uh, I woke up and I read news. I uh, When I went to bed, I read news. I was looking for some signs uh, that something bad is happening or something good is happening. I really wanted to see that nothing is... Uh, um, we're not in danger, but there was not such news. And uh, in the morning uh, of 24th of February, it was like 5.20 a.m., uh, my grandmother called me and uh, like, I remember she couldn't even, you know, pronounce this. She called me and she asked if I was sleeping and I was like disappointed and half sleeping. I'm like, yes, of course I'm sleeping. And um, I asked what happened and she, uh, she was silent and uh, I was like disappointed and I was also sleeping. I didn't understand why is she calling, but like the fact that she was calling such early was really not a good sign because she never does that. Um, and uh, then I asked again, like what, what's going on grandmother? And she said it started, like she couldn't even tell what, and I had to ask what started because I, I wanted to sleep. I didn't realize what's happening. And she's saying like the war has started and then, like, as in a movie, I hear sirens outside, I hear the word war, and I wake up everyone, and, uh, like, the panic starts. Uh, I, I saw, like, I went to the window, and I saw people running around, uh, people with children, with pets, with their suitcases, in the cars, at traffic, and everybody is, um, is scared. Nobody knows what to do. The sirens, and um, it was... Uh, it was just uh, really scary to wake up like this um, and uh, with the fact that we like till the very end we all didn't want to believe this is going to happen and we told everyone like every day that everything will be fine even like the evening before I was talking to my sister and she said that uh, they had a call in in, uh, in the company that she works for and they were discussing the threat and uh, she was scared after this call because they they're planning some stuff and they told her everything will be fine there are no signs that something will happen uh, even if there will be any signs we're going to leave and everything will be fine with us and uh, and then like six hours later it happens and um, it was really unexpected, I think. Mm. And um, mm -hmm. like we what? had everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, we we had everything packed, uh, and uh, my sister came really soon, and we packed in the car and we left uh, the home. 
um, but at this moment, we all had strong feeling that it's not going to take long time. Uh, I took two or three pairs of socks with myself. I thought that it's going to be enough because it's going to take a couple of days or a week maximum. And uh, and we, we didn't really think um, about like having this for such a long time. Right, right. But thankfully, you and those closest to you had some preparation. Um, so what what happened next? You got all your stuff. You're out of the house, out of the apartment. Uh, you have to go pick up your friend. Is what what was what was the next period of time like for you? Um. So. Um, we actually, uh, so we waited at home for a sister and we packed everything to the car and we like just sat in the car and left home, um, in the direction outside of Kiev. We knew, so we drove to the Western part of Ukraine, to the Lviv city where Doximi has opened Lviv uh, office, Lviv hub, uh, for, uh, like for, for anyone who would like to work here, but also in case of emergency, this hub should, uh, it, it became the place where everyone could stay. And we knew that there is such a place and we were driving here. Uh, but actually, uh, it was really the longest trip I've ever had. It took uh, 26 hours to reach Lviv. When usually, like normally, it takes 11 hours driving. It was 26 hours and um, the road was really hard. Um, I can really tell a lot about this trip, uh, but uh, generally speaking, it was really horrible. So there were like thousands of people trying to escape the city, a huge traffic. Um, we sometimes were moving with the speed less than 0 0.6 miles per hour. So it's like no speed at all. <laughs> and people in cars were horrified and uh, people on the streets were trying to catch the car and also leave the city. And uh, we heard prayer sounds of bombing. And uh, I really had a couple of stages of realizing that the war is happening. And um, it was um, it was really like a unique experience, let's say. So like at first we, like I heard about the war when I woke up and my grandmother told me that there is a war. Uh, I uh, heard about this and then I saw it. Um, it was like fifth hour of driving. Uh, we were still in the city <laughs> and um, we saw tanks and huge vehicles on the streets and uh, on the side of the road. And they were moving to the place where the huge fight took place right near the Kiev. It was really close to us. Um, and uh, I saw all these machines and um, but it all also it, it felt like I'm watching a movie like I'm in a car. I have this glass and I see these cars and I don't feel that I'm in here too with them uh, and i couldn't believe that this is happening to me right now um and then uh like it was when i saw the war and then when i really felt the war it was also like six or eight hour of driving we were still outside like trying to escape the city and uh, some heartbreaking news arrived and uh, like uh, news about some ukrainian soldiers got killed and that was the moment where I really understood that the war is here and people are dying and it's going to be cruel and there will be a lot of 
sad things happening. And this is where it like, it like caught me at that moment. And I finally, like after like 10 <laughs> hours from the moment I woke up, I understood that I really woke up and then I understood that this is real. This is close. This is right here outside of my car. And when we like, when we heard from the car that was right near us, like mom tells uh, a child that um, you should eat because in case if you will need to run, you will not have enough power to run if you're not going to eat. It was just heartbreaking. Like this was opening eyes and you understand uh, how actually horrible is what's going on right now. And it was the first day. And uh, in this whole panic, uh, this understanding was like eye-opening thing. Um, but um, actually the good thing here, like the road was really hard and there's a lot to tell about this road, but uh, I will not because it's going to be too long. But a uh, good, like just a good thing I wanted to mention is that uh, when we were driving, we um, we were really happy to understand that in Lviv here, there is someone who is waiting for us. There was uh, our HR, uh, Ukrainian HR, Lisa Zhukova, and uh, she is also my friend. And I knew that she is here in Lviv, in this hub, and we are driving like r right here. And uh, when you forget for a moment about everything that's going on, this feeling that someone is waiting for you and you are going to be at least with a roof <laughs> and in a safe place, it was... Um, it was really supporting us inside and we were keeping driving and we finally reached <laughs> the the place and we are really lucky that our company prepared the space uh, where we could at least rest and also live for some time. Yeah, Fe feeling like your journey has an end in sight um, must be very, uh, a, a real, not relaxing, but a comforting feeling. Um, yeah. You said you don't want to talk about the whole ride, the whole car trip, because it would be too long. But um, is there any, is there one story from there that you would be willing to share with me? Um, yeah, so th there were a lot of cars and uh, everyone tried to reach some destination point. There are a lot of destination possible destination points on the road from Kiev to Lviv because it's a huge um, amount of uh, territory. It's like the half of Ukraine um, and uh, uh, there were less and less cars. But uh, as we were driving, we stopped a couple of times. We didn't sleep in, in the road, but we stopped a couple of times to uh, drink coffee or to, you know, just rest for five minutes. Um, and uh, the farther we were from Kiev, the less cars were on the like panicking, let's say, on the gas stations. But there still were a lot because a lot of people were stopping there to sleep because it's uh, secured. There are cameras and nobody will do anything to you. And it was safer to sleep there, not somewhere uh, on the side of the road. Um, at some point, we stopped to uh, prepare food. We actually took a gas balloon uh, and a backpack kitchen because I was... Um, like I had an old kitchen <laughs> that is fitting into the backpack and you can just uh, combine the pieces and you will get some um, fire and you can boil water here or you can cook something. And we stopped and we uh, 
like uh, gathered this kitchen and we boiled water and we finally had some hot food because on the gas stations there was nothing we prepared some tea for us and we also ate uh, noodles and uh, some meat and uh, fish from the uh, can <laughs> so it was uh, it was the first experience of my sister and my boyfriend from eating uh, eating outside using this field kitchen uh, because I did that before when I was camping and uh, I always wanted to show them how this is being done. It, it was really funny experience for them, unfortunately, in such like critical situation. But we actually took this. We also took uh, uh, sleeping bags with ourselves because we didn't know where we we're going to live. Like we didn't know how it's going to be. Uh, will we be able to live in a city? So we even thought that we we're going to sleep in a car. So we <laughs> bought uh, a lot of stuff to to live in a car. Um, and was looking to buy uh, uh, this uh, camping tent uh, <laughs> to also live somewhere in the forest in case if we will need to. Um, there was a lot of panic on the on the gas stations near Kiev. Uh, um, they accepted only cash, and there was nothing in the shop. And there was a woman; she was standing uh, at the door. <laughs> To, and she didn't let people to come inside the gas station to use the toilet or to buy coffee. She was uh, counting people inside. And then when somebody exited, she she was screaming with a strange voice, like, uh, two people to toilet. <laughs> and you were standing in a line. Like, it was so, so creepy at some point because uh, you're nervous. And then you see something really strange happening on the gas station. Not, never it have happened before. And you you think like you're in some parallel world <laughs> when all the gas stations are going to look like this. So this was this was really interesting trip. It was scary. It was really hard. It was um, nervous. We were like uh, listening to news, reading news, uh, contacting parents, contacting friends all the time. A lot of communication and a lot of new information and a lot of um, stress. But um, but we we did it, and um, I I'm grateful for this experience, and I am uh, I understand that uh, this was also necessary for us to to be now in safe place. So uh, this is the part of the journey too. All right, and so are you in the Lviv hub now? Uh, we were staying there for almost a month, and. Uh, um, we didn't plan to stay there for such a long time. Uh, we wanted to rent a flat, a separated one, but there was a huge problem with uh, with the space where to live because uh, everything that was uh, uh, available was taken uh, and some options were available on some websites, but uh, the price was much higher than uh, would normal price be. So we were, for a long time, we were looking for a normal apartment to live um, separately and finally like after a month I think we found it and now now we are renting a, like like a flat uh, near the hub and uh, but we, we were able to stay in the hub and there were people coming and going and uh, um, we all lived here like a like a family <laughs> everybody knew each other because we were working maybe uh, some people have not seen uh, other people live in real life but then we all met here and uh, and we le lived here together and it was really funny experience good uh, i'm glad you got to make those connections with 
you know, our colleagues and friends, um, do, how, how are you now? Do you feel safe? Um, so I think I generally feel safe now, uh, but deep inside, I know that nobody in Ukraine is safe, honestly, because, uh, you never know where uh, the next, uh, ro rocket or missile or will, is going to um, drop. <laughs> Sorry, um, and uh, you never know what's going to happen to your city. Here in the West, it's much safer than in center or in any other area because it's closer to the border with European countries. It's um, far from the place where the major uh, fights are taking place now, but still um, you can tell that uh, you're completely safe and you can live the normal life like it was before, at least in some way. And uh, but good thing is that it's like, like not good thing. I can tell like this, but basically it's today is the 51st day of war. And uh, now we, all of us, and I personally are much more like experienced in how to live during the war. We understand much more than we did uh, in the first day. And uh, it's becoming easier to accept what's going on and uh, to continue living. Um, this sounds sad, but uh, it's true. Uh, and um, now it's uh, less uh, dangerous, uh, for sure, for it, for all of us. Th this feeling of um, um, unsafety, like inside, <laughs> unsafety inside, is going to remain with Ukrainians for a long time, uh, just because it's. Um, this is how we are like living now, and even uh, when the war will end, we will still keep this unsafety somewhere deep inside, and we will need to work on this as a whole nation to help everyone. Uh, luckily, all my relatives are safe. Um, everyone who lived in Kyiv, they stayed in Kyiv, and they are. Uh, they some of them joined territorial defense. Uh, some of them are just uh, helping in their house to uh, patrol um, the area to to uh, buy supplies for the house and for uh, uh, older people. Uh, uh, my mother, she uh, she is living in a in a village near Kiev, and uh, this area was occupied uh, from the third day of war. But luckily, my mother uh, was uh, visiting her friends in Poland a day before the war started. And uh, actually, when the war started, she was in Poland, and she decided to stay there. And I'm so happy for this uh, coincidence <laughs> because uh, she was not really thinking about what she's going to do. And if she stayed in that uh, village where she's living, uh, she could live under occupation for more than a month. So uh, good news that she's safe and she's fine now. Mm. Yeah. All the rest are in Kiev and they are also safe.
Um, so one of the reasons why, why we decided to move from Kiev to some other area uh, if, if, if the war will start was that uh, we knew that we uh, are working remotely and we will have a work after the war starts and we will be able to work. We just need to move to some place where there will be appropriate conditions for us and safe conditions. Um, we actually, um, how to say, we didn't know how the war looks like and we were thinking that if we relocate somewhere where it's safer, the war will almost not touch us. Uh, in some, I don't know how to explain this, but like mentally you, you separate yourself where it's safe from the war that is happening somewhere else. But this was actually not true. And we now understand that uh, unfortunately all the everything that's happening right now with other people on this war is also happening to us and we feel this. And uh, I feel this pain every day. I experience this whole war as if I was somewhere in Kyiv or in, in other dangerous place. Uh, it's still heartbreaking and it's touching everyone. And um, um, a lot of people are now feeling the survivor's guilt and uh, me too, of course, because um, this is, you can't just live normally in place where um, where it's safer when you know that mo majority of your uh, uh, of other Ukrainians are uh, in in constant danger, and uh, this is heartbreaking. But you still have to survive this state somehow. And um, one um, one of the things how to how you can fight the survivor guilt is uh, to try to bring back your routine. Uh, into the life that we have right now. And that's what I'm trying to do um, to keep myself like functioning and, uh, and in, in normal state. So I'm mostly, most of the time I'm working right now because I have work and I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And I'm really grateful for having the ability to receive money in Ukraine because uh, you all, we also didn't know if it's going to happen <laughs> if or if banks will stop working. And um, I'm, I'm working and this is my number one mission, I think. Uh, and uh, also I'm trying to, to do the things that I did in my normal life, like burning candles, going to shop, um, I don't know, cooking and uh, having everyday walks uh, near my home just because this was what I did in my life uh, before the war. And this is what makes me feel um, a little bit um, more normal <laughs> than, than if I didn't do that. Um, yeah, uh, the first, during the first weeks we were actively volunteering uh, almost every day because we were shocked. We arrived to Lviv. We understand that the war is uh, has started and we uh, needed to feel that we are useful too. So uh, we all um, we all were doing a lot of stuff. Basically, we were, we were buying some uh, food or necessary medicine or other products that were requested uh, by shelters or by army and uh, delivering them. Uh, we were also physically helping in some humanitarian centers. Uh, usually me and my sister, we were helping with clothes. Uh, we were sorting clothes by uh, age, by gender, and also packed the uh, um, 
the packages for for refugees that came so they come and they tell what they need and we pack this for them and and give to them so uh this was like physical help also uh, there were like a lot of volunteers actually and there still are and uh, um, everybody is very active in this area um we were also helping friends to send packages from europe to uh, other cities of ukraine so from europe something arrives to Lviv. Uh, here we take it and then organize uh, manage how to send it to uh, to different cities uh finding volunteering cars which can deliver or something like this so this was also important thing because logistics is one of the um weakest parts of the whole volunteering and aid um delivery process um yeah so also there is a cyber uh, army and uh, anybody can join this and we also helped here and uh, uh, i still help some in some way sometimes because uh, this is very interesting experience to help uh, with the uh, truth spreading and blocking side some um resources that are spreading uh lies about what's happening um but i have to say that right now um we're not that active in volunteering because as as in the first weeks um this weeks we are also um like this first weeks there were transition from our uh, normal life to war and then trying to find out the war life balance and uh, we now are trying to uh like to find the balance between everything and um i still uh, most of the time uh, i'm working uh but i also am helping if i can help but not in this in such active way as before yeah i understand i've i've heard of work life balance but war life balance is a entirely different very very tragic thing um so uh and, and i'm sure everybody is appreciative of the volunteering you have done but also doing work is providing value for ukraine joining this cyber army sounds like a very um fulfilling way of engaging with what's going on around you as well um how do you feel about the response to the war both by the people of Ukraine and by the rest of the world um first of all um i i feel a lot of support um this is very uh, I, for i don't know for everyone for everybody else but for myself it's very unexpected maybe i don't know why uh, i just i was prepared for a worse scenario let's say but now uh, i see and i i'm so grateful for the world seeing this and hearing this and not closing eyes on what's going on uh and we all feel this and we see this support and we understand that we are not alone and we and we keep fighting because we see that we are supported that we are um appreciated and this everything that ukraine now does is not only for ukraine it's also for the whole world um ukraine has united a lot like we are now very united uh, nation and uh, it was always like this in the hard times uh, and now it's especially visible and uh, even the people who are outside of ukraine right now they're still 
trying to help any way they can. And this is, um, this is an incredible feeling, to be honest, um, because, uh, because this is very important, uh, I think, um, like part of any nation description. If you are united, you are um, unstoppable. <laughs> You can do anything, and I have no doubt that we will that we will win this war. And um, basically, inside Ukraine, there is a huge support, and everybody is uh, doing their job to help and to resist and to fight. Um, the world is uh, seeing this; they are responding. Uh, I am very happy that we are finally starting to receive some help uh, as um, like technique and. Uh, um, planes and, and tanks and this stuff because it was really hard before we have enough people to fight but we uh, may not have this much uh, techniques and vehicles to find on uh, to fight on and uh, to keep fighting for a long time and now finally we are seeing the response of the world uh, unfortunately as somebody could say it's uh, sometimes it's uh, too um too Sorry, I forgot the word. <laughs> it's okay. It might be too late sometimes. That's what I wanted to say. Because, like, if uh, maybe if we if we had this support earlier, then maybe some bad things could would would not happen. Uh, but this is the way, and we uh, what is happening now is what what it is, and we can't change it. So, anyway, I think everybody is grateful for all the support that we get from other countries. Is it? Uh, some help with refugees is it just words uh, or physical uh, help with with the uh, stuff for the army this is all very important and uh, we couldn't stand without this support so i'm i'm personally really grateful for the response of the world and uh, i hope that it will continue and uh, the only thing i would like to maybe wish <laughs> in this is that um, so the world doesn't forget about this because um, the memory can um, remove something from uh, from your memories and uh, uh, we just need to to make sure that nobody forgets what, what happened and who uh, is guilty for this. Right. Um, Maria, is there anything else you'd like to share with me before we close? There is one interesting thought I wanted to share. Um, it's uh, it's about living now uh, during the war in a safer place, let's say. Um, for for myself personally, the hardest thing was to continue to live uh, and to try to live normal normal life uh, as a as a human. And um, I remember after the first or the second week of the war, our government uh, told us, uh, guys, please go to restaurants, go to cinema, grab a cup of coffee, uh, go shopping, spend money, please do these things that you usually do and, uh, and live your normal life. And uh, I was shocked because basically, um, how can I feel <laughs> uh, with this constant guilt uh, here where there are restaurants, but I 
I just can't, I can't even think about going there because I understand there is a war and how can I go and do these things? And this is the moment when it was hard to realize, but this is <laughs> this thing when you, you know, you watch the movie about the war and you see that every character of this movie is engaged in the war. Uh, somebody's fighting, somebody's hiding, somebody is helping, somebody is healing someone. And we never ask ourselves where are the rest of the people, <laughs> like all the other people that uh, were living in the city or a country, where are they? Uh, and uh, I always thought that these people doesn't exist. <laughs> they just don't exist. Uh, and now I'm uh, one of this, the rest, people in, in one of the groups of such people. And I understand that all these people all the time, they were basically helping to support the economy of the country. They were helping to, to for a country to not to die because of uh, economical problems. Because the war is, is like, um, it's like you have now two worlds you live in. One is your normal world when you go to the work and you do your normal, things as you do in your life and there's always uh, also a war and you have to live in these two worlds at the same time and uh, we need to remember that even uh, we have a war and it's horrible uh, and uh, everything that's going on is uh, it's heartbreaking but we also have to live and we have our life that's continuing and what no matter what we are doing now are we in the army or uh, are we abroad now uh, we need to continue to live because we uh, don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and uh, uh, we still have some time and we have an ability to live our life as we did before of course we need to remember and we need to help but uh, it's quite important to not to forget that you have your life and it's continuing right now uh, and it's not like the war and everything stopped uh, you you and country have to move on in this new uh, reality of war but we should continue moving yeah and the fact that just by living your life and working and spending you are supporting your country is really important. And so um, I'm sure, uh, I hope to see you live a very long and fulfilling life. I don't know if I'll be there for all of it, um, but <laughs> but I, I wish that for you. Um, and thank you thank very you. much, Maria, for taking the time to talk with me today and sharing your story with me. Thank you very much for um, interviewing me and uh, for uh, the effort to share our stories uh, with the world. This is inspiring and this means a lot All to right. us.